Hey, this is Pastor Roy Barrett from Discover Life Church. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Now let's get ready to be transformed, have our hearts encouraged, and live the life God has created us to live. Enjoy today's teaching. This morning we are going to talk about what to expect when you're expecting. How many of you all remember, in 19, I think it was in 1984, there was a book that was written, and, and those of you that are mothers and, and fathers might remember it, but it was entitled, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Have you, do you remember that book? All right, so this book was written way back in 1984, but when I started having my children in the early 2000s and in the mid-2000s, I was still using this book. And this book basically came alongside new parents and outlined what can I expect now that I'm expecting to have a child. All right, y'all remember this book? In this book, it was nice. It had some good stuff in it, but it also had some ugly stuff, like this you know, expecting a baby is, is real. Is it not? Where my mom is at? It's real and it's real ugly. I am the youngest of three girls and my oldest sister has seven kids. And yes, yeah, she's, she's like super mom. Okay. Her kids are like good and everything. They're just amazing. And then my, my middle sister has one child. Well, me being the youngest, my kids came last and their pregnancies were beautiful. Like, oh, you know, we're pregnant. Yeah, that's great. My pregnancies came, and Pastor Roy's given a testimony, so I'm going to spare you with a lot of it. But my pregnancies came, and I was on bed rest. With Tyler, my oldest, I turned like this gray-green color. You know, it was hard. I tu- it, was, it was hard. <laughs> this is wrong, but my husband used to be like, Aunt Bunny got a mustache. I was like, really? <laughs> yes, she does, but Really? You know, because I was carrying a boy, so the, the hair was ever, ever flowing. Yeah, it was wrong. But I, look, if you can share the testimony, then you know God has healed you, right? <laughs> but I share that to say, in this book, and later it became a movie, but in this book, it dared to show me that there's some things that I can expect along this journey of producing life, of bringing forth life into the world, that were some were good, some were bad, some were sweet, and some were sour. And I appreciated that book for that. And so why am I sharing this with you? Why are we talking about what to expect when we're expecting? And that's because I believe on Mother's Day, and I believe what God wants to share this morning, and I'm going to jump right to it. When I was praying about today, and Lord, what do you want to share? It's Mother's Day. We're going to talk to mamas. We're going to talk to dads. Like, what are we going to do? And I felt like the Lord put this, gave me a glimpse of his body. And in that glimpse, he said, some of us are falling by the wayside because our expectations of the journey has been skewed. And so today, I believe the Lord wants to come alongside some of us. Some of us, he's going to come alongside and just reinforce what we already know, Right? Reinforce. Well, yeah, I already knew to expect that. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. And then on others of us, he's going to come alongside and realign what we are expecting. And Pastor Roy talks about sometimes um, staying in the game and quitting. Think of the picture of being in a race. Some of us are in that race, but we've quit. We have, we've moved over to the side and we've fallen on the side of the street and we're just like, God, I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. Some are in the race, but instead of running full speed or running at the path in which they know they can run, the pace in which they know they can run, they've slowed down. And so today what we want to do, I believe the Lord wants to come alongside of you and encourage you. And so dads, don't check out on me because 
it's Mother's Day, yes, and we honor the mothers. And a lot of times when someone is pregnant, we look at just the mother who's pregnant. But how many of you know that God has set eternity in all of our hearts? And that there is a drawing to, the, to eternal purposes. There is a drawing to something greater in every single one of our hearts. Now, some of you, it may be pushed down, covered over, slimed over by the issues and cares of life. But it's still there. It's still there. There is a purpose and a destiny for every single one of you. And what we are praying, especially at Discover Life Churches, we have named, you know, as the name of the church is Discover Life, is that the Lord will use something that is said, sung, or done to you in our presence that would unearth what he's placed in your heart, that would unearth the passion and the purpose that he has called you to. And so as we jump into this, I want us to remember that every purpose has its process and every destination has its journey. Can you say that again? Every purpose has its process and every destination has its journey. And it's how we handle that process that determines our ability to see and enjoy our destination. Amen? So let's look back. So if you have your Bibles, your phones, whatever you have, take a look at Hebrews Hebrews 11. So we're just going to kind of hover around Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12. Now, I'm not going to read it, but remember in Hebrews 11, many of us have heard lots of messages or a message on Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. And that is when the writer has gone through and he's basically reminding us of great people, great men and women of faith in the Bible who have pressed through. They believed God and God moved, right? They believed God and, and lives were changed. The nation was changed. And then when the writer turns and comes into chapter 12, which is what we read today, chapter 12, 1 through 3, it says he turns that encouragement to us. And in turning that encouragement to us, he reminds us that our faith, our sense of expectation must be guided and cared for. Now, remember, we're talking about what to expect when we're expecting. And the first thing is that our expectation isn't something we can just pick up. We can't just say, Norman tells me, Crystal, I've got a great purpose for you. I want you to go walk out that door. Well, if I'm supposed to go through that door, there's still a path in which I have to walk to get through that door. So I can't go on automatic and just get to that door. Does that make sense? Because then my expectation, my vision could get blurred. It could get blocked, right? It could get distorted and I might not get to the door. I might veer and go through that door. But is that what he told me he wanted me to do? It's not, right? So before, though, before we actually get into what we can expect, I want to take a moment and just deal with, can we just kind of, we just want to slay a couple of things, right? Where are my slayers? We're just going to slay a couple of things. There are some things on our journey, on our journeys, that Scripture tells us clear. I like to say the Word of God doesn't stutter in a couple of areas. Scripture tells us clear to give us a heads up that these two things are negative impacts on our expectation, on our sense of purpose and vision. They're negative. I like to put it in the terms of they're minimizers of our expectations. And so the first one of that is wait. Y'all remember this sin? I mean, not sin, wait. Do y'all remember this verse where it says, look at me, look for me in verse 12, chapter 12, verse one. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. I think in the King James it says, let us lay aside every weight 
lay aside every weight, right? So when I said weight, how many of you guys thought about those extra 10, 20, 15 pounds that you need to lose? I thought about that too. I was like, God, that's it. If I lost those 10, 20, 15 pounds, I'd be good and purpose would be fulfilled. But that's not, but that's not, that's, that's not for today, right? We're going to talk, we're going we're gonna to slay that one later. But in this moment, in, in this moment, we want to look at weight and we want to say weight represents the, our rationalization, those areas of our lives where we reason and rationalize what is acceptable and what's not acceptable, right? So I know some things are coming to your mind, right? But I want you to keep thinking, dig a little deeper for me. What in my life is extra baggage? Now, when I pack to go with my family on a trip somewhere, I tend to overpack because I never know what I'm going to need. So, you know, we're going to be gone for two days. You need at least six pairs of underwear. You, you need at least four pairs of shorts because you don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to need. But when we're talking about our walk with the Lord and accomplishing his purposes in our life, extra baggage weighs us down. So if we were actually running a race, we wouldn't put on those six pairs of underwear, would we? We wouldn't put on the four pairs of shorts because that would slow us down. And so when we're talking about actually pursuing and accomplishing what God has put on our heart, the first thing the writer says is that we have to lay aside every weight, every weight, anything that is not expedient or fueling to my vision, to the vision God has given me or my destiny. You know, in today's time, we live in a world where everything is okay, isn't it? It's okay. It doesn't take that much. It's okay. God is love, right? But the Bible says that certain things are not okay. And even if it is a gray area, right, it might not be okay for you, Pastor Roy mentioned last week that I don't, and I think it's so timely that I get to have the mic this week, because he talked last week about how I don't watch certain movies. And I don't watch certain movies, not because it's a sin and I'm going to go to hell if I watch them, and I'm talking about the movies where people are dying all over the screen and things are flipping. It, it's not, they're not going to go to hell if you watch those movies. But I don't watch them because what I've learned is that the fire in my heart gets confused. It gets confused. I don't watch certain TV shows because, not because you're going to go to hell if you watch them, but because I start to see where I start to get dulled. I start to get a little confused, like, oh my gosh, that's so funny, but I'm laughing at something that God says is not okay. Does that make sense? And it can dull our discernment. It can dull the, it can dull the person that I'm supposed to be so that I can be the most impactful in my life. And so that's a weight. That's a weight that we want to make sure that we say, God, give me the courage to lay it aside, to put it aside. The second thing is sin. It says, and the sin which doth so easily beset you or entangle you. I think in in another um, translation, it talks about a sin that entangles us. So think of a picture of being entangled, right? Sin, real simple, anything that's contradictory to the word of God, right? The Lord says, don't have, don't fornicate, don't have sex outside of marriage, this is what it says, right? Drop, mock, mic drop or whatever. It's just what it says. <laughs> right? So, so there are some areas that we have, that we've kind of played with God, but we want to say, look, if I am going to, if I'm going to keep my expectation and my vision strong, 
If I'm going to keep the, the picture of what, God, you want me to do, if I'm even going to see what you want me to do, there's some simple things that we know that we need, just need to get in alignment with. And we're not going to stay here too long because those are some things where it's like as a parent, as a mother, you tell the kids, I said no, get in alignment, just come on, let's go, right? Those are some get in alignment things, right? Lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin, every sin. God, if, if, you, if the Holy Spirit brings it to your attention, go ahead and deal with it, right? Lord, give me the grace, give me the heart to repent, give me the want to. Sometimes my prayer is just give me the want to because I don't want to, right? I don't want to, you know, I'm a, I'm an emotional eater and, and the Bible says gluttony is a sin, but I'm upset right now and I know I'm not hungry, but I'm about to go have it. Right. All right. So y'all pray for me and we're going to keep on moving with our lives. So, so we we are going to adjust our heart in these areas because we know that they slow us down. They dull our expectation and they blur our vision. Now, sometimes the presence of sin, the presence of these weights, let's say they're not, in our, they're not actively in our lives. And we're like, God, I am pursuing you. And I am adjusting every time you put your finger on an area in my life. Well, what is it that we're talking about today? Today, where I believe the Lord wants to hover, and like I said earlier, is that some of us are giving up. We're falling by the wayside because what we expected is skewed. What I expected to happen is not what's happening. And it's not that what's happening is wrong. It's my expectation is wrong. Does that make sense? So let's look at that for a second. As we keep reading in this verse, and we're in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, we're going to see as we come along, as we come into verse 2, the writer gives us a great picture of Jesus. Right? He says Jesus being the author and finisher of our faith. Remember that? It says, let us... Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So listen up. Jesus is showing us, not... Jesus is showing us not to bring gloom, right? But what he's showing us is rather how to set our stance when we're in the journey, okay? So let's look at it. The first thing that I can expect when I'm expecting is resistance. Did y'all see that? Resistance. It, it's going to happen, right? You have said, I'm going to live for the Lord. And I know people, I know, I know, I know preachers, pastors, I'm putting on the pastors, have been, you know, preaching prosperity and just, you know, um, we've just been telling everybody that, that his purposes are good and they are good, right? And his path is, is, is positive. We have a reason to live for. But along that path, along, along the pursuit of purpose will be resistance because there is a real enemy. The scripture says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured. If Jesus endured, there had to be something to be endured, right? And if Jesus had something to endure, we will have something to endure. The cross represents, it says he endured the cross. The cross represents the ultimate challenge, the ultimate place of pain, the lowest form of death, 
That wasn't, that wasn't a dignified way to die, right? It wasn't. It was the absolute lowest form of death held out for the lowest form of criminal. Yet Jesus endured that. And not only because he was God, he knew where he was going. Sometimes we find ourselves places and we're like, oh my God, I didn't know I was going to get here. Jesus knew where he was going and he still endured. And then get this piece. I was looking at it and, it's, and, and I saw where... In the Gospels, you see where Jesus is telling the disciples, basically, I'm going to die. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not, it's, no, no, we're not going to let that happen. We got you. We're not going to let that happen. How many of us along our journey, we find ourselves in a path that we can't explain, that is extremely hard, and the people around us, they don't see it. They don't get it. They see we're in the challenge, but they don't see the purpose to our challenge. And it's okay. They're not supposed to see it. But Lord knows that's hard. That is hard when my my closest people don't understand and they can't shed insight on why I'm walking through this. I think about Job. Remember in Job where Job is like, he he has lost everything. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more. But Job's friends, they didn't get it. They didn't see it. But yet he had to endure. And here's one thing. So... The disciples didn't agree and they didn't understand, but Jesus had to continue to press through. Everyone's level of resistance may vary, but it will exist. Resistance reveals our determination to press through. So know that because you have an enemy, everyone's not on your team. Because the devil is real, you, there will be obstacles in your path toward fulfilling what God has placed in your heart. And I'm not talking about your ultimate purpose in life. If, if my ultimate purpose is to encourage the nations, then yes, I'm going to have resistance in that. But it could be something just as simple as I have a vision to buy a new car. I have a vision to get married. I have a vision to have a marriage that is whole. I have a vision to raise some children who love Jesus. <laughs> I know, right? There will be resistance. I remember when i tell the story real quick. I remember when Tyler, my oldest child, I was pregnant with Tyler and I was put on bed rest at 20 weeks. And in the hospital, they had to put me, I think I told this before, they had to put me in the Trendelenburg position, which is where your feet are 30 degrees higher than your head. And it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. And I remember, you know, once you're pregnant, you can't go back, right? So um, upside down, they're trying, they're trying to use gravity to keep this baby in my body. And it was just horrifying. I couldn't get up for anything. And I remember that my husband had to put a picture of Tyler's sonogram um, on, because I was 20 weeks, you could, kinda, you could see his head and face and everything. But they had to put a picture of his sonogram, taped it to the side of the hospital bed, so that I could focus on what was inside of me and not the external discomfort I was experiencing. Not what I was experiencing. My question for you this morning is what has God placed on the inside of you? What has God put on the inside of you? Some of us need to dig it out and you need to ask God for the grace to dig it out. Lord, remind me what you've placed on the inside of me. Remind me what you called me to do 20 years ago, what you've called me to be 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Dig it out so you can focus on that so that as you run this race and the resistance comes, Right? When you're called to endure, you have the strength to endure. What is on the inside of you? 
oh, if we, if we expect resistance, we can set our, if we expect the resistance, we can set our faces like in our faith like a flint towards Jesus Christ. And then we will be able to endure. So the next thing, what can I expect when I'm expecting? Reduction. Oh, Lord, we're not going in the right direction. We're supposed to be going in the up direction. It's a Sunday morning message. We're supposed to be going happy. But the scripture says that, <clears throat> that who for the joy set before him, I'm in verse 2 on the B clause, he endured the cross, and the next phrase is scorning its shame. Really, Lord? Really? But if you, but if you had to not only endure, you had to scorn its shame. See, dying on the cross was considered one of the most shameful ways to die. The crucifixion. Let's look at this. Shame as being a stripping away. Right? So what's being stripped? A stripping away of dignity. A stripping away of significance. Because remember, when he came in, everybody was singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a dignified position. But then what? Just a few days later, crucify him, crucify him. We don't know who he is. There's a stripping of way. Some of us in our journey to being who God has called us to be, there has been a stripping away. God, the, Lord, how could you let them see me like that? You know that's not my heart. God, how could you let that happen to me? How could I lose that job, that position, that person, that whatever? I've done nothing wrong but served you. God, how? But the scripture says that Jesus scorned its shame. So that means that he didn't just embrace it, but he rejected the shame of it. Yes, there may be a stripping away because the goal of Satan is to get us to identify with what's not true. Right? So in the time of stripping, and I... In the, to hear me with this. In the time of stripping, I want you to look at it as the enemy trying to get you to come in agreement with the facade that he's putting before you. I'm stripping this relationship away to tell you that you're not worthy of a relationship. I'm stripping this job away to tell you that you'll never support your family the way you desire. I'm stripping your health away to tell you you'll never live the life of fulfillment that you're supposed to live. But in our hearts, with our eyes focused on Jesus, we have to dig our feet in the ground and say, I scorn that. Scorning and despising speaks to a rejection with attitude. I reject that. Yes, you may be stripping me, but I know the truth that the Lord has said about me. We have to reject it. Do you understand that? Pastor Roy talks about the faith, excuse me, not faith, fact versus truth, right? The fact is what's happening in my life, but the truth is what God says about me. And some of us are walking this journey of life and things are happening to us and things are being stripped away from us and we're taking it in. We're taking it in like a sponge and we're letting it write on the, on the tablet of our heart, but it's not truth. It's a lie. It is a lie, and it comes with the journey. With the journey is not only resistance, but with the journey is a stripping. It is a humiliating. And humiliation is good because humiliation keeps us humble. 
if we keep it in the right perspective. But if we take it in as part of our identity, then we allow ourselves to get skewed and off the track of the purpose God has for us. Do you hear me with that? Oh, look at, so now I really do want to look at Job with this resolve. Job lost his wealth. He lost his children. He lost his health. And his friends didn't understand and they didn't see it. But instead of coming in agreement with their reasoning, instead of coming in agreement, Job held on to his faith in God because he knew who his Lord was. He knew. Gosh, I remember, I remember going through such a hard time in ministry and not being able to answer anyone's questions. I don't know why this is happening to us. I have no idea. All I know is what is happening. And I, we looked at each other, and we're like, we love each other, and we love you, Lord. And we love Tyler, because that's all we had at the time. <laughs> I love Tyler. But, you know, we have to, as a family, we have to, as individuals, as women of God, as men of God, we have to say, I reject that lie the enemy is trying to feed us. You have to reject it. It's not an option. It's coming. It is coming. The stripping away is coming. But you have to put it in, in, put it in its perspective or you will fall by the wayside. You will. Your faith will be dismi- diminished. You will give up. You'll accept less. You have to reject. It is not an option. And T.D. Jake says, the stage of being crushed or stripped is only a stage. It's not a final destination. It does not speak to your destination in life. Do not take up residency in the place of shame. I wanted to throw something at the television when I saw that. Don't take up residency. How many of us have taken up residency in this place of shame? Some people, you can even see it on them. Get out of that. That's not you. And if if it's not you, then some of our brothers and sisters, we got to go say, it's not you. Come on out of this. That's not who you are. It's what you're going through, but it's not who you are. The vision is the desire to move forward. Keep that vision before you. And lastly, what can I expect when I'm expecting? I can expect a repositioning. Now the tide turns. Thank you, Lord, for turning this tide because I want to be happy, right? It says, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So let's read that. For the joy, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, and Jesus endured, he endured, and he had to reject some things before he was able to enter into his joy. Entering into his joy, fulfilling the purpose that he was created and called for, right? Jesus was confirmed at that point. There are two things we see in that. He sat down. That's a place of rest. There is a place of rest that God is calling each and every one of us. There's a place of rest in the journey, and then there's a place of rest at the place of fulfillment. But he sat down, and then two, where he sat down, at the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand speaks of a place of authority and position his kingly position. Now here's the piece that just really like got me excited. I hope it gets you excited because he finishes what God called him to do. But here's the thing. Could it be that because Jesus was God, right? 
and he knew intimately the father who called him, that he was able to endure, he was able to despise and scorn the shame because he knew where he was going. He knew to whom and with whom he was called. He knew. So I submit to you that at the place of our intimacy with Christ is where we'll find the strength to endure, the strength to despise. If the more intimate we are, the more intimately we know the joy that is set before us, that is where our strength comes from. I told you earlier, the Lord said that many of us are falling by the wayside because our expectations are skewed. But our expectations become an alignment when we become more intimate with the lover of our souls. When we allow the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one we say who loves us and knows us more than anyone, when we allow him to set our expectations, when we allow him to entrust him and say, God, yes, this path, this part of the journey is hard, it's uncomfortable, but I trust you and I love you and I know that you love me. I know it. It has to be more than just something we sing on Sundays. It has to be more than just something that's played on the radio. It has to be more than just something we say in cliche in every conversation with our Christian friends. It has to be real. Because that's where the joy comes from, that place of intimacy. It has to be real. It must be real. For the joy set before me is Christ. And when the vision is fulfilled, we can expect to be with him. That's got to be enough. And some people sometimes we're like, Lord, it's not. It's not enough. Well, then to that degree, you got to go back to him. You got to go back to him and you got to say, God, I need you to make it real to me. I need you to make it real to me. I need you to be enough. I need you to make it enough. You got to go and you got to wrestle. You got to wrestle. God, I'm not going to let go of you until you make it enough. I'm not going to let go of you. I'm not going to let go. Because that's where your strength lies if you're going to endure what's coming at you, the resistance that is coming at you. If you're going to be able to reject the shame and the stripping away that is is a part of the journey that will happen, you've got to know the joy that is set before you so that in the end you will most definitely reign with him, right? You're going to reign with him. Because if, if, if we are considered heirs with Christ, we're up there, right? You're not called to be in this low place the enemy's trying to tell you. You are called to reign with him. And so why? Why is, did the writer give us this picture? Why am I bringing this picture to you? And so here's the why. It's in verse 3. It says, so that you will not grow weary and lose hope. Pretty simple, pretty simple. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How many of you all have ever been in a place of weariness and loss of heart? See, the promise, the vision, the expectations will most definitely be tested. But the Lord doesn't want us to grow weary and lose heart. He doesn't want us to lose our stride. He doesn't want us. He wants us to be like, what's that movie that you used to watch all the time the, where they're going like this, you know, when the bullets are going? What was that, Avengers? Oh, Matrix? Okay, yeah. No. I didn't see that either. But 
Well, nobody fell in love in that, and it was like really gray. I really like when it's colorful, okay? But in that movie, right, remember the, the bullets are coming or whatever's coming, and they're like doing this whole thing, you know? That is the picture I have when it talks about not growing weary and losing heart. We're supposed to be out there as like super Christian ninjas, like going like this, yeah, enemy, yeah, uh uh-uh, I knew it was coming, uh uh-uh, I knew you were going to throw that, uh uh-uh, right? And we remember what Christ did so that we won't grow weary and lose heart. In view of life challenges, we're not going to lose heart and we're not going to grow weary. Look to your neighbor and say, not me, not this time. So what's my big so what? What's my big so what? We're wrapping it up. I'm done. What I am expecting always, I'll say that again, what I am expecting always ends better than what I endured in the process. You got to know it. You got to know it. You got to know it. It always ends better. Ends better. Many of us as parents, we're in the process. Come on now. We're in the process. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the process of being up all night because the baby is a baby or you're in the process of feeling like you're speaking a different language because the baby is a teenager. And I'm not, I'm not yet with grown babies, but I hear that that's even harder. But I know that in the process, I have to know With my eyes looking to Jesus, I have to know that the end is going to be better. The end will be better. And he will confirm and affirm his word along the way. So your take-home challenge is this. This week, I will meditate on two scriptures that speak to my identity in Christ and my expectation in God. You got to find it. We fight with his word. His word is what is true. His word is what breaks Every chain of bondage that's around us, it's the anointing of his word. And so you got to find two, and you're going to meditate on them. You're going to speak life to yourself this week. You're speaking life to yourself because you're saying, you know what? I expect this journey to have its challenges. I expect people to act a fool. It's okay. It's okay. Doesn't mean I receive it, but I expect it. And then with his word, I fight it. Amen. Amen. Can we pray? I want to pray for some people. And I want to pray for some people because I do believe that the challenges of life are real. They're real. And I am going to ask um, Pastor Roy and Elder Norman to come up after service. You know, if you just want to, um, and the, some of the prayer team, if y'all could come up after service, just in case somebody wants to come up and get just get personal prayer. I want you to come up because the challenges are real. And sometimes our faith gets so damaged from the attacks of the enemy that we say, Lord, I want to pray. I want to believe. I want to fight, but I can't. I don't have the strength to do it. I don't even, I don't even know how to get to it. And I've been in that place where you sit and you're like, I'm so lost. Does anybody see that I'm lost? But I don't have the words to tell you that I'm lost. I'm so broken that my heart hurts. And I don't know how to tell you. And if I wanted to hear God, I couldn't. And so I want to pray for you if that's where you are today, if that is something that is, um, that resonates with your heart, I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. If that resonates with your heart, you're saying, 
Crystal, I'm one of the ones that have fallen by the wayside. I'm tired, the vision is blurry, and I'm ready to give up, or I've already given up. Will you just raise your hand? You don't have to keep it up. I just want to see it. Okay, I see you. I see you too. I just want to see you. You can put your hands down. And like I said, if you want to come up after service and just have some personal prayer, you can. We're here for you. But Father, you see the hands of the people. God, you see your people, Lord. You see our hearts. You see our journeys. And Lord, you said that you would never leave us nor forsake us. You said, God, that in every twist and turn of this here life and journey that we live, that you would be with us every step of the way. And so, Father, I pray, God, that at this moment where our hearts are hurt and where our minds and our visions are blurred, Lord, I pray, God, that you would come with your healing balm. That you would come, oh God, and not only heal the pains of our hearts, but Lord, will you clarify the vision that you've placed and the call that you've placed in our lives. Lord, will you go to your children this morning? Will you go? Lord, we thank you, God, for bringing healing and wholeness in this place. And then, Lord, I pray for those, Lord, that are, that are unsure where they are that are unsure, God, where they are with you, that are unsure where they are in their path of life. Lord, I pray that you would bring clarity this morning, that in this place, Father, the Holy Spirit, by your grace, that you would pull the wool from over our eyes, you would remove every shade, and you would bring clarity, clarity to the call, clarity to the season, and clarity to the purpose that you have for our lives. May your people never be the same. Encourage those that need to be encouraged. Challenge and strengthen those that need to be challenged. Lord, I pray, God, that when we leave this place today, we leave stronger, taller, more resolved, more resigned to fulfill the purpose and the path that you have for our lives. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. I pray you enjoyed today's teaching. Let's keep in touch by subscribing to the Discover You podcast. Be blessed.